Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Keith Conkright, and with me is Elliot Greenspan. Stop, And stop. this is the Trash Heap Movie Hour. You give you're... us 60 minutes and oh we'll give you the movies. Your uh, intro, your joke intro that you didn't record was much better than that. I know, but I thought of this one in the shower and it made me laugh. I was like, oh, we're old-timey news guys. We're wearing suits and ties and we're at a desk, you know, shuffling the papers around. I think you're... I think it'd be fun to do that. Like a Hollywood Minute, David Spade type thing. Uh Uh-huh. Where we're sitting at a desk. Would we have to get, like, would we have to get haircuts? Uh, not necessarily. We could just comb back our existing hair or wear well, I already, wigs. I guess I, already, I guess I already do that and get frequent haircuts. Yeah. So. Are you Although still I'm rocking pre- that uh, Ernest P. Worrell look? Uh, Jim Varney? Yeah, Jim Varney. Yeah. What did Sexy you say? Sexy Jim Varney. Uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly how you, like, what you picture you used to show that I was Sexy Jim Varney. Well, it was like a kind of a younger Jim Varney, but he had like yeah. sort of medium length hair, not his uh-huh. signature short earnest hair with camper hat. Right. But yeah, he was pretty good looking. And there's also like a movement returning of like, hey, remember this guy? He was surprisingly good looking and like ladies are fawning all over him and maybe men as well. I don't know, but. I that's don't know. Cool. Yeah, I think that's cool. That is cool. Um, I don't remember. I can't remember exactly what the picture looked like, so I can't remember if I'm rocking that look or not. I am still attempting to grow my hair out longer. Nice. But I have been getting. I have been getting um, maintenance haircuts. Oh sure, yeah. You got to keep yeah. those split ends under control. So I was going like my barber, who was a friend of mine. Uh, he mo- mo- uh, he moved to Denver, so. When he moved, I was like, that. that's when I decided, like, well, maybe I'll try growing my hair out. I haven't done that in a while. So then I didn't get a haircut for, like, six months, and I was looking pretty gross. And then I was like, well, if I'm actually growing my hair out, I should go to an actual probably, like, salon where, where they know how to cut long hair. So I went to a salon, and the, the lady who cut my hair said she was like, okay, I'm going to have to cut off a lot of your hair so it grows out right. So she actually cut off a fair amount. So my hair got a lot shorter, but it was like layered in a way that would grow out properly. Yeah. So I've gotten, I've done that and I've gotten another maintenance haircut since then. So it's growing out, but it still look, but it still looks kind of short. I mean, not as short as it used to be, but overall it looks kind of short because of the maintenance cuts. But I, I like it. I, I, I told her when I went, I think went like a week ago and I said, I like the, the haircut she gave me so much prior that if I got frustrated with trying to grow it out, I would just go back to that. Oh, yeah. So you really picked there a winner. You go. How much do they charge yeah. for uh, those maintenance cuts? It's like, well, the maintenance cut is like it is like a full on haircut. Yeah. Because it's when you go, you can go and get like your neckline trimmed. And they'll do that for free, and then you just give them a tip or whatever. Really? Uh, um, but like when you go into the haircut, they're like still like they're you know there's maybe certain parts they're not cutting, but they're going in underneath and like cutting at certain areas and like shaping and whatnot. So it's fifty bucks, like which is. Uh, I mean, I think cheap for a salon and pretty standard for most barbers nowadays. If you're, if you're getting a good haircut, you know, yeah, like the forty to fifty dollar range. Yeah, if you're um, not going to super cuts or some shit like yeah. that, then it is pretty standard. Unfortunately, that's something yeah. I've definitely wrestled with. Uh, my barber, the one I was going to before, like when he was going to barber college, 
he was like trying to get me to go and get haircuts from him. And I was like, well, I'll let you do it for a little while in barber college before I go and do that. But then I eventually did. And you think that that would be kind of risky, but it honestly is not because particularly if it's someone, you know, who's been doing it for a minute, like at school, because they're going to spend as much time as they need and be careful to make sure they do it right. You know, versus, versus somebody who's just like, I got to do 20 haircuts before lunch, get in and get out type of thing. And so I would, I would go and do that with him. And then he became an apprentice at an actual barbershop after that. And he never, because I'd been going to him for like, we were buddies and I'd been going to him since he was in school. He never stopped charging me his apprentice rate. So I was getting really cheap haircuts wow. for a long time before he moved. Well, aren't you something? I guess making friends and getting deals and getting, getting good deals, haircuts. I guess. Well, not yeah. I'm not 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 don't got those haircut deals anymore. But whatever. How about you? Any good haircuts or facial hair stories? You're growing out a, a long beard or anything? Oh hell no. no. I'm uh, I'm probably gonna grow out my hair for the summer, which is grow it out the, for the summer. The opposite, the opposite of what yeah. people do, but I like having long hair in the summer. Yeah, you look like you know like festival hair and festival beach hair. hair. Like, yeah, yeah, like surfer, surfer bro hair, whatever. I had a shaving accident yesterday, or a couple of days ago, where I was trimming up around my beard and yeah, mustache. Sounds like if you had a shaving accident, you took the guard off. No, I didn't act well. I did have the guard off, but I was trim because I was like doing trimming around the edge, and I took off a little bit too much of my mustache to the point where the whole thing, everything, had to come off. Oh, I love that feeling. I hate it. So I was like shaved my whole beard and I looked, I don't know, I, 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 since I hardly ever do that, I, it always looks really weird to me. Um, actually though, yesterday was the, normally it would take me about a week to get used to it. And by that time, I already have a fair amount of stubble. So it's not even like I'm like clean shaven anymore. When I did it, like on uh, two days ago, right after I was like, no, this ain't so bad. Maybe I'll do this for a while. Like I'm actually getting used to it already. I, like I haven't had just gone without a beard for a while. I'll try this. And the next day I was like, Looked in the mirror. I was like, nope. No, whatever moment of getting used to it I had is completely gone. <laughs> ah, this is not a haircut. The tangled webs of men's grooming lives. Yeah, this is not that. This is the Trash Heap podcast. Yeah, it's the movie podcast where we're giving discarded gems a second chance and we're out to prove once and for all there are no garbage movies, only garbage opinions which are possessed by us and probably you. If you haven't listened to this show before, you've probably stopped by now anyway. But just in case, for some reason, you're still hanging on. I'm Elliot. The other guy talking is Keith. Damn right. Thank you for all the people that are listening. Holy shit, yes. more than ever, I think. Yeah, If we're... I'm reading the numbers correctly, shout out to everybody all over the country. What the fuck? I can't believe it. We're just going to keep, we're going to ride this wave till it crashes. So every yeah. single episode will remind you of that. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, thanks for checking in with us. And uh, hot off the heels of sidekicks last time, uh, we've well, this got is, something be... in a similar vein. You could say this is even a companion piece in some way. Without question. Yet Not another story of a young boy attempting to survive the trials and tribulations of high school by learning how to beat people up. Yep. Uh, we watched Showdown which is from 1993, I believe. It is. From the director of Best of the Best. Which a movie I love. Holy shit, I love that movie. And it stars Billy Blanks of Tybo fame 
And let me tell you something. I didn't until quite recently even know that he had an act, he had an acting career. But boy, am I glad that I know that now. That's wild because I mean, I, when I first discovered Billy Blanks, I I didn't either. Back in the mm-hmm. day when he was doing his Tybo infomercials and hawking those videos, I had yeah. no idea until a little bit later when I started seeing him pop up in movies, and I could not believe it. And then, obviously, the uh, the TC2000 VHS cover is pretty infamous. If you were ever in a video store, it's it's him sort of shirtless looking like a Terminator with, like, those wraparound sunglasses that, uh, you know, baseball players wear. And uh, so that's pretty recognizable. But by the time we got to know Billy Blanks through Tybo, he had started shaving his head. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. There's mm-hmm. a callback for you. Uh, and no no longer had his sort of uh, shape-up haircut that w- was prevalent in uh, most of the movies he was in. But yeah, he had a pretty solid, I think, straight to mostly straight-to-VHS movie career. But well, here, uh, look, it was pretty significant. Well, here, listen to this one. So you just mentioned up uh, people probably have seen the TC2000 video box cover. I had seen that cover. I didn't realize that was Billy Blanks. Well, those sunglasses, the again... The sunglasses, the haircut... Uh, it looks like a disguise. You yeah. can hardly tell it's him. It was never a movie that I picked up and looked that closely at, but no. it's definitely I'd seen the poster or the box somewhere, you know, type of thing. It was yep. recognizable, and I just didn't look close enough to say, like, starring Billy Blanks in small letters at the bottom. So there you go. Well, he also starred in a movie called Blood Fist. Ooh. And Blood Fist stars Don the Dragon Wilson, who was another one of right. these from this period of the late 1980s and early 90s these direct-to-video martial arts guys. There was a whole crop, uh, but Billy Blank stood out. He was a little different. He always kind of, he played the bad guy in a few movies, but he always wanted to mostly play a good guy who was on the side of right and helping people and just, uh, you know, trying to fix his community or do something positive via, via martial arts. I'm into that. I support it. He also had a cameo in the opening of The Last Boy Scout. It's kind of a blink and you'll miss moment. So I've seen that movie, but I, when I saw that movie, it was definitely like pre-Tybo era. So oh, I yeah, even so like you wouldn't even I had no I no idea who this person was, you know. So that's an interesting movie with a lot of fascinating lore. That might be one to uh, take a look at sometime in the near future. I would definitely revisit it. I remember not like loving it when it came out, but there's but oddly it sticks in my memory. Like a lot of scenes stick in my memory for some reason even though I didn't think it was very good at the time. So I would definitely like check it out again. Yeah, I think it'll be worth it just because the the story behind the script. So who else is in Showdown? So there's not a whole lot of people in this movie. There's Patrick Kilpatrick. You might recognize him from such movies as Class of 1999, Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, and Minority Report. Is that the blonde Um, bully guy? Or is it the, the villain? It's the villain, the, okay. main, the main villain. That's yeah. Patrick Kilpatrick. The movie starts out, uh, he plays a balding teenager in the opening scene. Then we jump ahead seven years, and he's suddenly in his 50s. How old do you think Patrick Kilpatrick actually is in this in this movie? I'd say 37. He's 44 years old. Now, this is funny because I had, I had looked a while ago, like years ago, I'd looked up his filmography for some reason and discovered that he was much older than he looks. And he looks like an old, he doesn't look like a young guy in this movie. Like I said, in the beginning, he's clearly supposed to be a teenager. Yes, or like it, a 20-something. Early 20s yeah. at the most. Yeah. Like, like we're like talking like 
21, 22 at the most. I mean, you get the vibe that they're at a high school party and maybe he's the older kid there, whatever. But then it jumps ahead seven years and he is like an old man. And yeah, he's 44 years old. We got Billy Blanks. We got Ken Scott is the young boy, also much older than his character. Not as insane as Patrick Kilpatrick. In the role he was born to play of Ken. Yes, this has got, this movie has... Ken playing Ken. This has Billy playing a guy named Billy. <laughs> Ken with like, two N's. Billy he, with two Y's. He walks into the... I, get, I just imagine like him walking into the audition and the producers be like, wait, this kid's name is Ken? He's perfect. It's the <laughs> role he was born to play. This guy's named Billy? That's the name of the guy in the script. Oh, my God. It Patrick, was fate. Patrick Kilpatrick is so lucky that no one named... Uh, well, I can't remember what his character's name is. It's certainly not Kilpatrick. It, it's not Patrick. It's not Kill Patrick. He's so lucky. It's Lee. He's so lucky that nobody named Lee auditioned for that movie because yeah. he would have been out instantly. Ken Scott, though, he plays the the young boy hero named Ken. He was also was the guy in the suit of Raphael in Ninja Turtles Two: The Secret of the Ooze. Oh, weird. Um, not the voice, just the guy in the suit. And Brian James, uh, '80s uh, great character actor is the vice principal of the school. Not even the principal. We never meet the principal. We just meet the vice principal. Oh, yeah. He's doing a great job. I wrote down, like, as soon as he showed up in my notes, best vice principal of all time. He's pretty good. It's He's amazing. Like, when he walks up to Ken, Ken's not even in the school yet, and he walks up to him and he's like, hey, you're the new kid, huh? Here are the rules. Don't do this. Don't smoke cigarettes. And there's literally a kid standing next to him smoking a cigarette, like, on the school property. And don't don't have sex at school, and you'll be fine. And he turns to the kid. He's like, what did I just say oh, about no cigarettes? Weapons. No weapons, yeah. But the, like, the skinhead kid is hiding a gun under his yeah. like, notebook. <laughs> and kids are constantly engaging in, like, brutal fights and he's just like hey knock it off uh, what i love about his his principal character is he's he's not actually trying to stop anything it's just like don't do it in front of me you idiot yeah like when he walks up to the kids skateboarding in the halls he's just like what are you doing i'm standing right here <laughs> go around the corner dumbass <laughs> you're making this sound way more entertaining than it actually was this movie okay you chose this movie Again, I did. Yeah, you... I, I, like I said, hot off the heels of sidekicks, I wanted to talk about some more martial arts movies, and I wanted to see another movie about a young boy being trained by an experienced martial artist and being taught to believe in himself and stand up for himself and overcome his bullies and solve his problems with his fists. So this is another that's movie what though, we got. <laughs> that you picked. and The reason I picked this is this showed up on a ton of lists of... So you like the Karate Kid, huh? Well, check mm-hmm. these out. And it's actually has a lot of like very positive ratings and reviews. And do you, I don't have the foggiest idea why. I find that kind of surprising that it would be like that prominent on these lists or whatever. But you ended up really not liking this movie. And it's another one that I ended up quite enjoying. I will say it drags quite a bit in the center. For like maybe you know 15 20 minutes but then it picks back up is this technically is this technically a good movie absolutely not but i enjoyed it like pretty much all the way through except for that one little chunk in the center that's amazing for me it was a complete slog aside from the surprisingly good penultimate fight not the final fight right the second to last fight yeah it's pretty pretty <laughs> incredible and very well done and well thought out and well filmed 
Yeah. And everything else is terrible. In fact, poor Billy Blank. I really like Billy Blanks. I like the way he does his martial arts. I like the way he comes across on camera. He is not a good actor. He's a terrible actor. And one thing I He's love the about dirt worse. And they the movie opens with him trying to act his ass off. Oh my and god, he cannot do it. Oh my god. What's amazing to me? I mean, and this might be one of the reasons why I like it because I had no, like, like I said, no knowledge of him being an actor before. Just of his like fitness persona, you know, like seeing him in infomercials and yeah. TV commercials for his typo, and he has such high energy and he's just like doing all these like kicks and aerobic moves while like like you'd be like yeah all excited and he is so lethargic in this movie it's kind of it seems like he's constantly about to fall asleep like he's been awake for five days yeah and it's, every scene is like so you gotta there's bullies you gotta just be confident you're going to be all right, kid. And then he's about to pass out constantly. Yeah, this movie starts out... Well, this is also kind of funny, too, because this movie starts out, and you would assume the way this movie starts out that Billy Blanks is the main character of the movie, which he is not. Because it starts out with this whole scene where he's a cop who doesn't like guns. They go to great lengths to set up his backstory and then not feature him for the next 30 minutes. He disappears for a good 20, 30 minutes of the movie, one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, is him and his partner are talking in the, the cop car, and he goes into the glove box and grabs a pistol and hands it to Billy and is like, uh, you know, take this, uh, you know, it's going to come in hand or something like that. And he goes, you know, I don't like those things. Right. How did he you plays, become a police officer? He's the only he's the only cop in history who doesn't like guns or killing people. Uh, hey, Captain, I don't really like guns, so I'm going to just like put mine in the glove box, okay? Yeah, they wouldn't let you do that. And then the irony, the irony of him accidentally killing someone with his martial arts. I mean, does he accident like that's the thing he's like I accident I killed somebody. It was an accident. He gets the kid I mean, at the party, Patrick Kilpatrick's little brother, grabs his gun and holds it to his head, to, to Billy Blank's head, like from behind. Billy Blank's just kind of like shuffles a little bit to like break free and the kid falls over and busts his head open. I feel like he did I, like a little throw or something like a... I mean, like, sort of. Like just like a headlock takeover or something like that. And he falls awkwardly on the stairs. So it's not really Billy Blank's fault it's not his fault that at he kills all. Him, but I can understand his anguish because if that happened to you and you saw this sure. guy with a broken neck, you look at your deadly hands trained by the martial arts into this perfect killing machine, and you go, "What have I done?" Well, that's the thing. It's like, don't you think that they should have had like some like him use some awesome finishing move on him, and then like I went too far or something? Yeah, I couldn't control uh, my anger because that's what happens later on. Is he? Yeah. He. They make him. They show him like having some kind of a bloodlust, and he like drops yeah. the guy, and is like, "Oh my god, I can't let it happen again." Yeah. <laughs> or they could at least show him like show him exhibit some sort of physical prowess in that scene because it doesn't look like he's a master of the martial arts then. But then later on, he shows up and does martial arts. Now that would be fine if it was a surprise that he knew martial arts, if we had never seen him do anything physical before, but we have seen him do something physical before. And it, it looked like me trying to get out of a, uh, out of a headlock type of thing where I'm just kind of squirming and eventually the guy falls over. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. So then like we're set up to think he's going to be the main character. And then he, after that scene, he retires from being a cop. He can't do it anymore. Credits roll. 
opening credits roll, and then he disappears for about 30 minutes, and we have Ken coming into school, meeting some bullies, meeting the new girl, or no, I guess not, he's the new guy. Are we are to understand that Ken comes from some kind of utopian society in Kansas City where everyone gets along and everyone right. is friends, and now that he's in the the big city or wherever the fuck, he is he's never... In, he's, in, he's, in, he's in L.A., isn't he? Is he? I don't know. It doesn't just... feel like L.A. Well, they have the, like that one party that looked like it might have been in, like, uh, Bel Air or something at the beginning. That's in the beginning scene, you know that big mansion that they go to. It looks like the, I don't know. Looks like somewhere in that area. But uh, yeah, he goes. He said he goes to a school that there was only like forty kids at the whole school, and he goes, "It was just like here, but smaller." But I don't understand why people can't get along because it's the same place. He goes to a school where, in his he transfers to a new school where it has every type of stereotype of different type of kids, jocks, nerds, whatever, a kid who's just covered in mud for some reason. I love that guy. He's just dripping. They're like, there's the the dirty kid, and he's just covered in slime. Like, he just, like, crawled out of a sewage pipe. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. <laughs> there's, like, there's, like, wet goo all over him. He could have just had, like, a soiled shirt and some, like, dirt smudged on his face, but they're like, no, yeah. let's put some slime on him. The nerdy kid who he befriends is showing him around school, introducing him to all the groups, and he goes like, oh, those are the football jocks over there. And it's literally 50s greasers. Yeah. I was like, football jocks? <laughs> and I know some of that stuff was like, like that was a look in the 80s, but for those to be the jocks, they could have right. easily went with guys wearing like, you know, sweatpants and like belly shirts and like a sweatband on their head. Or like, or Letterman jackets or something. They yeah. genuinely do not look like jocks. They look like they came out of West Side Story. Not even close. Like their yeah. hair is all combed up and stuff. It's so fucking weird. He, yeah, but he meets a new girl. He, not the, I keep calling her the new girl. She's not new. She's already established at the school. He meets a girl. The, the real villain of this movie is Christine Taylor. She is truly the puppet master. Just making oh, everyone yeah. dance for her amusement. <laughs> it's the gal from Hey Dude. Remember that show? Well, I didn't grow up with Cable Pal, oh, yeah. so you're, you're, well, sorry. your Richie Rich references are lost on me. She was uh, Melanie or Melody on Hey Dude. Great, great kids show we all loved. She was also you. the love interest in Dodgeball. The That's movie right. Dodgeball. Um, she was, oh, I think she's married to uh, Ben Stiller in real life. Yeah, probably. That's probably her biggest claim to fame. I guess. I'm sure she's perfectly lovely in our reality, but in the reality of this movie, she is dating the oldest looking senior and the, the worst human being on the planet. That's one of those things where in these movies always happens where for some reason, the super nice girl is dating, like not just a guy who's kind of controlling and a jerk, but like a literal monster, like a murderer. I will say they did to their credit. There was a line that she speaks where she says, he wasn't like this three years ago. It was when he started doing right. evil karate at the right. villain dojo and participating right. in the underground fight club for teenagers. Right. right. <laughs> that's dominated um, by a 40 year old man. And also says like, she's afraid to get like, she's afraid of what he'll do if she like, tries to break up with him and yeah. whatnot. Like that's true. There is a level of, of feeling of her being like trapped in it. But then when uh, she stands up to him, like he's unable to control her. That's true. And he just takes all of his rage out on Ken. Ken, which she knows he'll do. So it's like, huh. Yeah. And then she gets mad when Ken is like, I can't 
talk to you anymore. Right. Like I, I just, it's too painful. And she's like, I guess you don't really like me that much then, do you? He's like, no, I want to live. Yeah. He's like, I can't go to the hospital for broken ribs every week. My mom is just like a night waitress or something like that. There's a surprising amount of things to talk about in this movie, but I still did not like it very much. I definitely laughed a few times. I think the the sidekick with the he's got the sunglasses with the yeah. eyeballs on them that's always a fun gag every five minutes they're doing that running gag of the teacher with the blackboard right they move her desk out into the hall and then they draw something they draw a potato on the blackboard she's like <laughs> yeah what's with all the potatoes every day it's a potato <laughs> why what's the joke here we're laughing but like what the fuck is the joke that's the thing there's lines in these in this movie where it's like it seems like placeholder lines that they never changed, you know? Yeah, they're like, just like, uh, we'll figure it out later. And they're just like, well, time to shoot. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I go, well, if I put something on the on the, on the on the blackboard, it'll be funny, a funny thing. And I was like, well, what should we put in the script now? Just, just write potato. I don't That'll know. Be it's like, a potato. Or just in, even the opening scene when it's the cops in the car and he's like, they got the donuts. He's like, I got your favorite in, uh, chocolate, huh? I don't know. It's just like, what? That's just like a bizarre lot. It's always not bizarre, but also bizarre at the same time, the way it's like set up and delivered. I wonder if they were like, let's improv. This is going to yeah. be so cool. We're going to improv it, and you guys can just be you, and it's going to be organic and real. And then they thought it was brilliant, and then it just was. It was the opposite of that. Yeah, I don't know. This movie is essentially what I. What's so wild about this movie? It is essentially the Karate Kid, like in setup. Other than like you take apart, you take away the opening scene of Billy Blanks like sort of killing somebody, and you just have the kid showing up and meeting a girl, and the her boyfriend uh, like beating him up and whatnot, and it's one hundred percent Karate Kid, including the fact that the person who trains him is the school janitor. Billy Blanks, after retiring from from. Uh, from the police force becomes a school janitor. Mr. Miyagi is the school like janitor or maintenance man or something. It's the same exact setup, but we also have these subplots of the like that yeah the, the the underground child fight club run by a now fifty year old Patrick Kilpatrick, and Billy Blanks eventually being like I'm going to get back into police work, but I'm going to do it on my own undercover. And these two sub like subplots weave into this story out of the blue and it's 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 one of these movies where i'm like i don't know what the target audience is like sometimes it feels like it's for little kids and sometimes it feels like it's for like adults and then sometimes it, it feels like it's for grandmas you know it's very strange and it all it really does is reinforce how brilliant movies like the karate kid are in a vacuum you might be like oh well uh i don't know if this works for me but when you compare it to all the movies that came after or of a, a similar ilk, it's not even close. And I'm not even yeah. like a diehard Karate Kid fan. Mm-hmm. Like I, I haven't, haven't seen that movie in a long time. I nev- never go out of my way to watch it. I would much rather watch like a schlockier, sleazier version of it. But right. compared to stuff like this, it stands alone at the top. Anyway, I wanted to get back to something before I forgot about his, Billy Blanks playing a character named Billy. I was while looking at his filmography after watching this movie. I discovered he frequently plays characters named Billy. Like, if you take all the other act, act characters he's named 
put them together and all the Billies, Billies outweigh every other name combined. That's pretty cool. I think that sounds to me like it was very intentional of him. Right. But like I mean, he like, wanted to do some personal branding. Do you think it was personal branding or possibly uh, he'd be on, he'd be, he'd start filming under a different name like Charlie. And on the first day of shooting, like someone would be like a character, they'd be shooting a scene and a character would be like, I don't know, Charlie, what do you think? And Billy Blanks would just stand there. Oh, they do the with, Simpsons bit with the Mr. Yeah. Thompson thing. Yes. And he goes, when I step sh- on your foot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. Like, yeah. Like he, he, he couldn't clock it. No, I think he, that Billy Blanks is a highly intelligent, highly perceptive human. And, uh, I don't think that, while funny as it may be, I don't think that was it at all. I, I can don't, be perfectly I, I, honest. I don't, I'm not trying to insult his intelligence, but I am looking at his acting skills, and this may not be his forte. You know, that he, he just he kept forgetting that his name in a movie was Charlie, and then they keep like, well, Charlie, and Billy Banks would say, like, hey, who's playing Charlie? You know, like, what? And they're like, Charlie, Billy, that's you. And they're like, fine, fuck it. Your just name is Billy in this movie now. I'm I'm going with that one. I like what you're saying about the branding and all whatnot, but I'm going with uh with my yeah. My it's certainly possible. I'm not. So well, yeah, Ken t- Ken runs afoul of the school yeah. bully who knows karate and gets his shit wrecked a couple of times. And much like in Karate Kid, uh, Billy the janitor shows up in between tinkering with absolute nonsense. He is right. always in his like Freddy Krueger dungeon. Just sort yeah. of with a piece of garbage that with wires sticking out, just like poking his screwdriver into it. Yeah. Well, he also <laughs> he appears to live in like like in the boiler room of the school. Like that's his yeah. Home. Like he has a cot down there and all of his like workout equipment and a like a hot plate, and mini fridge. Like he lives in the basement. Did like, that used to room. be a thing? That makes sense for like a superintendent of a, an apartment building or something because right. living on site, they can, you know, help out whenever, but right. a school janitor doesn't have to live at the school. Yeah. I, the only other time I've encountered that is like the Simpsons where Willie lives on a, in a shed on the school property. Well, this is the real world, and that's a children's right. cart. Well, not a children's right. cartoon. Well, he also plays the groundskeeper Willie, and he's like kind of like this old timey, you know, S- Scottish groundskeeper. And if you watch those like British horror movies, like the groundskeeper at the at the mansion, whatever, they live somewhere on the property. So it's like playing off of that idea. So as, in a comedy bit, that works, but in a movie where I'm supposed to take characters seriously. Like I, I feel like there should be some mention, like, "Hey, don't tell the principal I'm down here. He doesn't yeah. know I'm living here," type of thing. Even though like, I'm employed by the school, <laughs> yeah. I, I will like, say, however, I do appreciate that as a backdrop because once they start training, it looks very cool. It's a mm-hmm. very cool place to shoot a training montage. Yes, I agree with that. I um, also love the level of professionalism that Billy brings to his training. This isn't just like working out in the woods or anything like that. He's got like a proper heavy bag and pads and right. they're wearing like athletic gear and they're warming up and stretching. It's great. What I love about this training scene. So what I like, well, I have just two things I like about it. one first after he like intervenes and beats up kids and almost like kills one in his bloodlust, like you mentioned earlier, Ken asks him to train him, you know, so he can protect himself from the, 
karate maniac who's constantly trying to kill him. And he goes like, no, I can't get involved. I can't be responsible for any more kids getting beat up or potentially dying, you know, because of me. And then he eventually decides to do it. And then this movie, like I said before, is like so much like the premise of the Karate Kid. And it makes a direct reference to the Karate Kid in this movie. Because when Billy finally agrees to train Ken, the first thing he does is he makes him like scrub toilets. And and Ken goes like, oh, I get it. Like, I'll do all these moves scrubbing the toilets in circles. And I'll, and I'll translate into skills like wax on, wax off, paint the fence, blah, blah, blah. And he goes like, nah, this is just you cleaning my toilets for me. <laughs> Which is fun. Which is funny. It's bizarre that a movie that rips off the plot of Karate Kid so much directly references it in the movie, and I love that. Yeah, if they were gonna do that, I feel like they should have really ran with it and like done a bunch of gags where they subverted that movie. Yeah. Uh, instead of just they mention it like once or twice. Yeah, it is pretty funny. But he says something. There is an extra line or something about like uh, this work. Like it's, it's gonna, to make you humble. So it's not completely. It's not totally a union violation, but it's it's right no, on the line yeah. for sure. <laughs> in the training montages, Billy Blanks, even in these scenes, seems to be falling asleep. Like there's a scene where Ken is just punching like a log or a wooden pole and, and he keeps looking over at Billy and Billy's just like kind of like like lazily nodding up and down like and he goes like, oh, good. And then goes back to his cot and falls asleep. Why is he so tired? Because he's working a day job and being a detective at night and also training this nerd on how to fight. Okay, you're right. I was being insensitive. He has uh, a lot on his plate, so I think uh, I think most people would be exhausted. Plus, he's got to train himself. That's true. You know he's what in, I mean? He's in, he's in peak physical condition. I, yeah, you're right. And yeah, he's he's working hard. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. I, I do uh, like, I really like the training montage portion, uh, like up in the hills. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's a moment where Billy is like meditating and Ken stops running or kicking for a second and looks at him and he's like, oh, what's he doing over there? I don't, I don't know. This is all very so confusing. I've never seen yeah. anything like this. And then he just sits down and, and does it with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like when a like when a puppy will see a person doing yoga yes. and they'll do a stretch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very it's, it's, like, it's, it's like stupid, but it's very yeah. cute and sweet. He's yeah, like, Billy's my hero. I don't have a dad, yeah. so Billy's my new dad. <laughs> even though the well, mom and him never meet, not even at the end. No, and the mom's also the same age as Ken, too. Like, Oh, without uh, question. He's the world's the, oldest teenager. Yeah, they are They are the same age. Uh, no, the world's oldest teenager is, once again, Patrick Kilpatrick in the opening scene, but Ken's a close second. Yeah, he's pretty close. Um, their, their relationship, Billy and Ken's relationship, is surprisingly good particularly considering how poorly each one of them sells it, you know? Like, Ken's, like, trying pretty hard, but, like, Billy is, as we've mentioned before, is just kind of coasting through his lines. And, like you said, trying really hard in that opening scene, but not pulling off. And it's kind of funny that he was cast in this. I understand why he'd be cast in movies in general, like, particularly, like, these low-budget movies in general, based on his physicality, because he's like, okay, he's like, Super buff, great physique, you know, looks good on camera, uh, has like a lot, of, a wide range of martial arts ability. So you could be like, well, he's a bad actor, but he's great at fighting. That's why we're going to put him in the movie. Putting him in this movie is bizarre because he barely does anything physical in the entire movie. 
Like he throws a couple kicks in throughout the, in the beginning and in the middle, and then he has the fight at the like the fight at the end. But that's it. Uh, he's got a few fights. He fights the bullies. He right. Fights uh the goons. Right. They send those two goons after. Him, oh, that's right. And they've right. got that that's... whole fight in the uh, fake looking apartment or house or whatever. Yeah, with the knife and everything. That okay. That part is kind of cool. I forgot. I don't know how I forgot. It's about not a that. good fight. The guy that he fights is a good martial artist. Yeah. And they actually fight in another one of Billy Blanks's movies, and it's like a final fight. But probably the fight the re- they have here is not good and very probably forgettable. The, yeah, the reason why I probably wanted was happening, like, but forgot about it. But I was like enjoying it. Is like he Billy gets like stabbed with a knife and keeps fighting with a knife sticking out of him, uh, or at least. And I've always, I always, for some reason, I always like that in movies. Like if someone's fighting with a weapon gouged into them and just kind of hanging out, like an old boy, like when he gets stabbed in the back with a knife and just keeps going. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. I, I love that. So it's like that will get me like juiced up on a even a bad fight scene if they throw in something like that. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. I think all the most of the fighting is pretty forgettable up until, like I said, the penultimate fight between Ken and Bully. What's yeah. his name? Mark or Mike or something ted, ted sounds about right paul yeah. is it paul maybe i don't remember it's just some name for guys some guy's name yeah but that fight is really cool i love that the again the the bully character is like we've had a couple of brutal encounters where i've nearly killed you but you want to do this for real you want to settle it let's do it in the ring where there are some rules and regulations <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> even though this is an underground fight club and there's like there's a surprising amount in this like climax scene. There's a surprising amount of just normal people that you would see at like a bowling alley or at like Target on a Friday night. Right. Yeah. Just like, like blue collar workers and grandmas and yeah, just normal people coming to bet on this human cockfighting. Oh, like it's like, well, honey, what do you want to do tonight? Like, oh, well, the Millers—they said they were going to go to this this underground fight, and they invited us along. Do you want to go check it out? Yeah, and you earlier, know, I-, I love it. <laughs> Prior to the fight, there's all these kids handing out flyers: Ken versus yeah Mark or whatever his name like, is. Advertising that, like in broad daylight, this super illegal fight. You yeah, know? and the cops go there in the daytime to to arrest everybody and they are absolutely gobsmacked to find that there is no one in the building to arrest right. in yeah. the middle of the day <laughs> <laughs> this way empty warehouse is empty but this final fight is actually really great they do an awesome job of setting up the structure of it and filming somehow somehow it's filmed better than the rest of the movie and edited better than the rest of the movie like in its entirety the, the structure is great because at first you get uh, Ken is sort of scared and unsure of himself, but he sort of finds his footing and, and figures out, oh, my training really did pay off. Like, I am capable. And so he gets his little sort of, uh, he seems outmatched at first, but then he quickly kind of figures it out and surprises his adversary and then something happens and he takes a, just an absolute beating for the rest of the fight until, you know, the amazing comeback and then he emerges victorious. It's like the perfect, like, satisfying sort of climactic fight structure. Well, that's the crazy thing. One of the, or one of the crazy things about this movie is, as we mentioned earlier, it's directed by the same director as Best of the Best. And while yes. I don't have the same 
like out absolute love that you have for that movie. It is a competently made movie. It is an act, you know, like there are cameras and there's camera movement and there's real actors in it and there's technical accomplishments in the movie. So the director is clearly capable of doing something. But what's odd is he makes best of the best, makes best of the best too, and then he makes this. And the level of ineptitude just overall in this movie, 90% of the time, I mean, not just in the acting or the poor script and anything, but like just like straight up technical things. There's a, there's a loud hum throughout this entire movie. Oh, I forgot about that. That's one of the reasons like I really hated it and was mad and felt yeah. guilty. Because yeah, that, that hiss and hum is... Just like from poor audio. Unacceptable. And, like, like that. Yeah. Most of the movie was unwatchable because of that. And I didn't, you, like I was doing something else while I was watching the movie. And so luckily I forgot about it. And I think by the end, when the movie starts to get a lot louder and has like ambient crowd noise and things like that, it's a lot less obvious. But yeah, it's pretty brutal. It was, for me, it was like, it was mostly bearable, but mostly because, um, I watched this late at night uh, and I had, so I had it turned down really low and had the subtitles on anyway. Right. So it was, but it's super loud in the first half of the movie. Yeah. I mean, there's times where it's so loud that if I didn't have the subtitles on, I would not hear, be able to hear what characters were saying. And these are lines that, you know, scenes that could have easily just been 80 yard, but they weren't, you know, they're just like, fuck it. But yeah, I guess with, with the subtitles on, it was in, it turned down low anyway. It was not a problem, uh, but it was just, yeah, it was just bizarre. Like how someone went from making like not huge movies, but like best of the best. It has James Earl Jones in it. It has Eric Roberts in it. These are established actors. Uh, Chris Penn. From, Chris Penn. Yeah. It went from that to just something that's, that's below tv movie of the week quality yeah it's pretty rough and that's why that final fight stands out because it really is it's the best looking section of the movie it's the best edited and it tells the best story overall like the most cohesive kind of clear storytelling aspect unfortunately after that fight ends is when it starts to go back downhill again (laughs) Yeah, because the leader of this, uh, I don't think we ever mentioned, but the leader of this underground kids fight club is Patrick Kilpatrick, who has beef. Yeah, with, which is funny because his, his backstory is kind of interesting. This martial arts cop kills his brother and he swears revenge. So right. he's chasing this ghost by learning martial arts. And mm-hmm. the byproduct of it is him terrorizing the kids of this town. Then when he finally... He sort of over the course of the movie, he catches glimpses of Billy and figures out that that's the guy that killed his brother. When he comes for revenge, there is no like speech or dialogue exchange between them. There is no sort of like you killed my brother and you were wrong and I'm out for revenge. I dedicated my life to to finding you and killing Mm -hmm. you. Nothing. They just start fighting. And I, but I think Billy has some kind of like goofy line about like, uh, I'm not going to let you hurt these kids anymore or something like that. Yeah, he says something like that. You know, he's like, I'm here to protect the children now. All it would have taken was something like, I wish I could bring your brother back, but I can't, or something like that. Yeah. To help, you know, sympathize and remind everyone that it, you know, it wasn't his fault and it was an accident and Billy's mm-hmm. the good guy. But they don't do it. They just start fighting, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's no there's no emotional build up to it. It's almost like they forgot. Like they're like, oh yeah, we got to have these guys fight. Let's do it. it. Yeah, and it makes sense that even though it does make sense that even though you know Ken is the actual main character of the story and the climax should probably in a normal normal situations the climax would end with his fight it does make sense that there is the secondary last fight between billy and lee because it just pulls everything back to where we started there's not enough emotional build-up to it to really sell it home i don't even remember that fight very much no Uh, it's actually it's pretty bad despite the fact that billy blanks martial arts is super clean and always looks good like he looks like a million bucks when he's fighting most of the time but their fight is just very very bad and not well put together and not well shot and not not nearly it doesn't look nearly as good as the previous fight somehow after billy vanquishes lee uh the bully comes up and thanks him and then he also goes up to ken and says well, I guess the best man didn't win, but you're all right. This is something that genuinely wor- that works really well for me in the movies because I kind of always hate it when you, you have movies like this. You know, Karate Kid, Daniel beats up What's-His-Face, and then... Johnny. Johnny, yeah, Johnny wins, and then instantly Johnny's like, you did it, Daniel, you earned this trophy, I'm proud of you, after just Yeah, like, he does a complete 180, and 180. it makes sense that somebody who beats you up, like like a bully, earns, uh, you earn their respect, but mm-hmm. like, in such a, like, corny way, like, it doesn't really fit in with their personality. Right. Like, they're like, almost I've, too humbled. Right, I've seen ones where, like, you know, where it's kind of like, yeah, they're like, they get a little bit, whatever. This one works really well, because one, he goes up to Billy, and he's all like, oh, you kind of set me free, I was under the cruel tutelage of this psycho. And it wasn't until you beat him up that I realized that this doesn't have to be my life. Yeah. You know, but I, and then he goes up and like, yeah, kind of gives Ken like the, the, you know, the statement that like, I'm not going to try and kill you anymore, but that doesn't mean we're like friends. Yeah. You know, type of thing. Like I apologize a little bit, but I still don't really like you very much. No, it's pretty you cool know? that it's like, yeah. it stays in line with this character and it's not such a drastic right. turn. Right, it's like this is the start of him maybe, you know, changing his life type of thing, not just like, well, this fight's over, so I'm a completely different person now. Or maybe he'll just be more middle of the road. I think that's right. a realistic. Oh, that's what I mean. Outcome, like I don't mean you know like I mean? him yeah, be him being like a completely like good guy now, but just kind of like yeah, he's not he's not a psychopath anymore. No, that worked a lot for me. I enjoyed that a lot. And then what happens after does not work at all because they immediately go from fighting for their lives and they're all bleeding. And even they do the, they do the kiss where like he's got the bloody mouth and bloody nose. Oh, it's disgusting. I hate that when they do that in movies. like Or they yeah. hug and like they're just rubbing their bloody open wound onto another person. It's fucking the hug, disgusting. The hug is one thing, but it's like... When when they when they have the bloody nose or bloody mouth kiss, it's just like, hey, why don't you wash your face? I'll be right here. Yeah, just get cleaned up for a second. Yeah, but we don't have for to. We don't have God. to do that. That's not necessary. But know? what happens is the the sidekick with the eyeball glasses goes party at my house. No alcohol, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all we. And everybody runs off, and the bully's sidekick is like, uh, "Hey, Billy, that was awesome. Will you teach us karate?" <laughs> and right after that, Billy's ex partner pops up and is like, 
hey, you know, uh, Billy, we, we've been looking for someone to teach self-defense down at the precinct. Right. And he's like, yeah, I think it's time to get back into police work or something like that. <laughs> and it's all just crammed in there together. It's like, oh, we got to get all this stuff in. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But I mean, like, I don't know. That is kind of some of the charm of this movie uh, is just like... Oh, like the, oh, crap, I forgot to film. We forgot to film this scene earlier. We'll just shove it in here type of thing. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I had a lot of fun with this. End of the day, I would. What? what, Okay. End of the day, would you recommend this movie to somebody? Uh, I don't know. Most of the time, my answer is a reluctant yes. (laughs) But I also have to consider that I'm willing to sit through a lot of stupid bullshit. Yeah. I think that if you are on a martial arts kick, if you're if you're watching Cobra Kai, if you watched Sidekicks with us in the last episode, uh, let that, that trash effect take hold of you and give this a shot. And maybe you'll... Right. Maybe it'll open you up to the world of Billy Blank's movies and you'll watch them all. You'll watch King of the Kickboxers or... Eyes of the Blind Tiger or whatever the fuck the other movies are and you'll you'll fall in love with Billy Blanks. I would I would definitely say uh I would recommend it. I'm not it's not going to be like you got to watch this movie. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think if you watch it with the caveat that it is uh, just kind of ridiculous and very amateur, you can get some enjoyment out of it. Particularly if, you know, like, you don't have to be really invested in it. Like, are you just throwing it on when you, when you don't want to pay attention too closely to something? It's a perfect movie for that. If you're like me and you never saw, never didn't even know that Billy Blanks was had an acting career, it's fun just to see this guy from the infomercials, like, fumble his way through trying to deliver lines. I, I would say give it a go. All right. Well, that's two reluctant thumbs up for mine is, mine's, mine's, like, not even reluctant. It's more like semi-enthusiastic. Sure. Well, I will say, this was my idea to watch this movie. I got fired up by sidekicks, and it made me want to watch more martial arts movies. And over the course of watching more martial arts movies, because I was watching Lionheart with Jean-Claude Van Damme, but it got me to thinking about all of these sort of second-tier guys, Billy Blanks and Jeff Speakman and Michael Dudikoff, Gary Daniels. I think he's fucking awesome. He was in Fist of the North Star, and Mm -hmm. he was in that Jackie Chan movie where they turn into Street Fighter characters, Uh and he turns into Ken, and it's fucking incredible. uh, uh, Isn't that a City Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's in Expendables 2 in a pretty cool fight scene, and Mm -hmm. um, there's just a ton of those guys. And it's fun to go back and watch all those movies, even though a lot of them are bad. And it's literally always like a cop with a checkered past whose hands are deadly weapons. And he's got to fight for his life against uh, overwhelming odds and all this shit. Yeah. And it's great. It's so there's always people getting kicked in the face and thrown through windows. And it's so much fun. But then when I, I went back and looked at Billy Blanks and realized I hadn't seen a lot of his movies I've only mm-hmm. seen a couple of those, and I was like, what else is he in? And it's time to give Billy Blanks a shot, because he really is like a, he's almost a, essentially a kid's version of Wesley Snipes, where he doesn't yeah. he doesn't swear, and he doesn't do anything bad. 
he tries to keep it, you know, nice and wholesome, but he also wants to show off his martial arts and, you know, teach people things. And that's great. And so I think we might continue with another Billy Blanks movie, but this one's a little different. Not along the lines of his martial arts movies, but it is going to be action-packed, and it's going to feature him teaming up with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, I'm all for this uh, this 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 uh, little wave of films. If this next one's another dud, I'll pick the the next martial arts movie after that, and we'll watch a good movie. Finally, you know that's what I'm saying. Hey, actually, no. Here's a genuine recommendation because the movie I watched before. Prior to the last movie I watched prior to Showdown was another martial arts movie called Buddha's Palm from 1982, I believe. And that one was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. It's a wacky fantasy martial arts movie with flying monsters and laser hands and weird kung fu techniques. There's a character who has a giant pimple that spits acid when he squeezes it and burns people alive. Check that one out. Good time at the movies. That sounds like something we can do. We don't have a name for this wave of martial arts-themed episodes, but uh, who knows what the future could bring. Maybe we'll come up with a a stupid stupid name for it. We'll retroactively title them. Damn straight. All right. Well, I think that wraps up Showdown, right? No more kung fu today. No more martial arts. No more bullies. uh, No more Patrick Kilpatrick. We're getting out of here. It's time to party. It's time to party, yeah. My house, obviously no alcohol. Until next time, Keith, send us out. Take control of your life. Take control of your health. If you believe, you can achieve. Until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.